Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. As usual, we've got a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips. One of them is says, how to influence others if even if you're not an expert. We're also talking with Christina Sicciotis. We're going to have a look at innovation in education. But right now, we're going to have our monthly chat with Tony Vidray from AV Chartered Accountants. Good afternoon, Tony. Hi, Julian. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. That's good. You sound a little bit of echo there. That's right. Got you back. Uh, it's, yeah, I've just been running. I've been in staff training. Those treadmills are a killer. <laughs> <laughs> you have to keep them motivated, do you? Yeah, yeah, something like that. They're trying to keep me motivated, actually. I'll send you some of these Harvard Business Review tips if you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they always come in handy. Particularly, I don't knock any of those back. Particularly influencing others even if you're not an expert. <laughs> oh, that, that, I like the sound of that. <laughs> okay, well, you are an expert, so let's talk about rental properties and only, uh, getting those expenses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a, a media release from the tax office um, that came out um, only about a month or two ago, um, and it's just firing a, a shot across people's bows who own rental properties to, to um, that they're checking, they're double-checking deductions these days. So they're going to be focusing on, um, you know, whether rental properties are being used as um, holiday homes, So and then people claiming 100% of the outgoings against the, the minimal rent that they might be receiving, um, splitting rental income and, sp- and splitting rental deductions uh, correctly for jointly-owned um, properties, um, which is an interesting one, that one that... Um, uh, it actually goes on the uh, the percentages on the on the title deed when it was first um, acquired. So um, yeah, there's some, some incorrect splitting going on there. Um, repairs and maintenance, which is a always crops up every year, especially if it's just after a property has been purchased. Um, I've noticed over the last few years that the rental schedules these days there are more and more questions that have been asked on the rental schedule, and it's not just you know give us the income and the expenses. It's um, you know when was this property acquired? How many weeks of the year was this property available for rent? Um, you know, was the loan renegotiated during the year? So they're they're, um, they're picking up and they're trawling a, a lot more data. Mm. And when you say homes used for uh, holiday homes, you mean um, getting very high rents during the holiday seasons? Is that right? Yeah. Well, say you have a, a holiday home somewhere, you know, overlooking the water, and um, um, and you know, you know, you tend to go there, say, one month out of um, out of twelve months. Then what it means is that um, you're only really allowed in that example to claim eleven twelfths yeah. of the of the of the expenses because for one month it's not available for rent because you're in there yourself. So yeah, yeah. yeah that, they they and they yeah they they do pick up on on things like that. So it's uh, yeah people need to be very careful what they're doing. You could be careful of the postcards and the uh, but more more importantly these days what you put on Facebook. Not, not only that, you know, I, I think you, you fast, uh, this is probably a discussion for another day, you, you fast forward the way we're living right now, five years, and, and um, you know, we've got GPS in our cars. Yeah. I'll leave you with the thought of um, what Tracking. if the GPS, yeah, what if the GPS data gets fed directly into the tax office? That'll, yeah. that'll muck a few people up with their, their motor vehicle claims and um, saying that they're uh, 99% business use for cars. So, and, and even mobile phones now. The police know where you are based on your mobile phone. There's, there's tracking devices in your, um, phone. In your mobile phones these days. So uh, there, there are agencies that know exactly where you are. <laughs> so, so while we're talking about technology, the, uh, the government is moving very heavily towards the internet, MyGov. There's My quite a few challenges with that. <clears throat> In the early days, they they needed to rename it, my God. Um, (laughs) Look, it's no secret that the government is trying to save money on paper-based transactions. They want us all to 
to interact with them more and more um, electronically. So the MyGov initiative is initially started out with um, you know family tax benefits and human services and anything to do with Medicare and Centrelink that was was going. All your correspondence was going into this MyGov account. Where it's become a little bit more complicated from our point of view as tax agencies, um, they are now linking. Well, they've got a, a service called MyTax. Now MyTax used to be eTax, but it's now oh, yes. uh, MyTax My for people who've got very simple affairs. And if you link your MyTax account to your MyGov account, what it means is that even though you might come to a tax agent like me to get your return done, regardless of what address I put on the front of the return, the notice of assessment will go directly to your MyGov account. We won't actually... Um, receive it. Now, the accounting industry is up in arms about it. I'm in two minds. I look at it and think, well, that's fine. I can still um, access it. The tax office have had a few little glitches with this um, that, um, A, it's not working. My tax um, has, and I think yourself, you were saying off air that you've had a few problems trying to log into it. We know a lot of people have had a lot of problems um, trying to log into my tax, trying to lodge the return. There's a, there's a lot of glitches that throws you out, um, partway through it at times out, all these sort of things. Um, not only that, but um, because the assessments are not coming to us, the accounting industry tends, we tend to be control freaks. Um, anyway, it's part of our DNA. We like to see the piece <laughs> of paper coming here. So there's a lot of accounts who are quite upset that they're not getting the notice of assessment. Now, again, at the end of the day, if it's going out to a client, I, I don't really have a a problem with it. Where it's creating headaches is if we're waiting for that notice of assessment to be able to give to a bank or a financier because you're waiting for you know, finance to be approved. Um, you've really got to be vigilant because we we won't get it. Um, and, and not only that, the part of the problem that I have with it, this is the real problem, is if, if we prepare a return and we say to a client, um, you know, you're going to get a $500 refund um, and then we don't see the assessment, it goes directly out to their MyGov account and it ends up being a $100 refund. Um, unless the client is vigilant and they check it and they come back and say, oh, by the way, it's different to your estimate, can you please tell me why? Um, yeah, there's going to be yeah, yeah. quite a few few errors. So, you know, we're going to get, our industry is going to get inundated with a lot of people saying, what's this? Mm. Um, not only that, in the last week, they've just announced that um, your um, PAYG instalments, your, your paper quarterly activity statements, so let's say you have to pay your tax every quarter. Mm. Um, again, that was paper-based. that used to go out every quarter by paper, either to us or directly to the client. They are also now going to be sent directly to the MyGov inbox. Yeah. So it's another, you know, people have got inbox, they've got their work emails, they've probably got their home email addresses. Here's a third one now where you have to check it regularly um, because they are bills um, to be paid. Um, so if you don't clear your inbox out and pay on time, you're going to get reminders, you're going to get uh, interest, you're going to get all those sort of things. So there, there's more and more stuff that's being sent to that MyGov account um, that uh, that we won't see. And, of course, there has to be some sort of backup because, you know, people's internets go down. Mine, mine's very slow from times. And uh, sometimes, as you say, people have trouble logging on to MyGov. So oh, yeah, but, Julian, where's the, the, NBN, <laughs> the NBN's coming. That's the saviour. That's the, that's the silver bullet, isn't it? Yeah, well, so. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I'm looking it, forward. It I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, look, again, I, I, I don't have any dramas with, with this whatsoever. I think that, you know, a nation like ours, um, you know, we're getting, we're getting beaten on manufacturing anything. Um, you know, overseas countries are, are obviously making these things um, cheaper. Our internet needs to be world-class. That's yeah. the only way we can compete around the world. And um, 
the governments kind of get it, but their their execution and their implementation um, of the NBN uh, could have been a, a bit better. <laughs> but if if and when it's up and running, um, it's it's look, we we need it. It's just it's a no-brainer. You know, we we can't compete in a business world with slow internet and you know without phones. And, and you, you look at something like even as simple as a the, the April um, superstorm. You know, it rained yeah. for two days, and next thing you know, there, there's, there were businesses that were out for six, seven, eight weeks. I mean, yeah. we, just, we just can't have that sort of stuff in, in, in this day and age. No. All right. Well, thanks for your time. We'll have a okay. chat with you uh, second week in October this this next month. Look forward to it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Julian. Tony Vidray there from AV Chartered Accountants. A couple of little tips there. Rental properties, beyond ball, and, of course... Uh, my gov, we'll see how that goes. You're listening to Business, the Law and You on 2NURFM 103.7. Time to pop over to Christina and have our Minute on Innovation. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you today? Oh, very well. You were singing along to that one as well. I was. <laughs> I was. I'm so happy that you've got the mic turned off, though, when I'm waiting. That's really good. I haven't, actually. I've just got it turned down. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay. That's good, too. I can still hear you. The others can't. Thanks. Yeah, excellent. So, so we're going to talk about innovation in education today. Oh, we are. And and there were some really remarkable speakers at Wired for Wonder, um, and one of them was an educational specialist who came up with some really great ideas around um, education. So he, he put up a slide about training out creativity, which was really interesting to look at. So if they, they did a study on divergent thinking and they went into kindergartens and the divergent thinking there, so when we're, when we're thinking from wide areas and we're being influenced by a whole lot of, of different things, so divergent thinking, um, kindergartners scored 98%, okay? So on, a, on a, a, whatever the medium was that they used, 98% of kindergarten um, participants were creatively thinking. Mm. When they got to 8 to 10 years old, it was 32%. Yeah. When they got to 13 to 15 years old, it was 10%. Yeah. And in a survey of 200,000 adults, guess what it was? Or well, about 2%, 3%. Exactly. It was 2%. Yeah. Exactly spot on. So he has gone back and done some research around devising an educational program. And, and the controversial thing here, I guess, is that his school day goes from 8 o'clock till 5 o'clock, mm. but there's no homework. So it's five days a week, 8 till 5. And it's really interesting because there are two sessions of exercise in there. And those people that have studied um, the physicality of the body know that when you're shaking the body up and your, uh, your body starts producing hormones and adrenal gland, uh, your adrenals get fired up and you, you get energised. So there is method to the madness of starting. He starts after lunch and in the morning with a half-hour session of exercise. And it's really vigorous exercise because that gets you pumping. Mm. He actually has a session for breakfast in schools because, as we know, um, nutritional nutritional value is, is imperative mm -hmm. to the way that we function and the brain, how the brain functions, how we learn. What you eat depends on whether you're going to fall asleep in the next half hour or be charged. Um, and... So while we're on, so we've done exercise, we've had a decent meal. First thing after lunch, he has a half-hour nap program. Mm, mm. And if we have a look at Google and all those places around the world that are really great places to work in, they've got nap time programmed in as well, or they've got napping pods. You know, you can go down, close your eyes for 10 to 15 minutes. And the research is back on that, how beneficial that is. So if you think about it, all the things that we tell ourselves to do for healthy a healthy lifestyle, exercise, food, and sleep, is programmed into this day at school. 
so and the rest of it is is into it's very much project based so there's yeah. an in, what he calls an intense computer problem solving um time then what he calls project based problem solving and then you get to work on a personal project so with the intense computer um, problem solving, it's actually using the computer to solve problems. So it's not it's not actually coming up with a, a solution to the problem of a computer, but you're using the computer to research problems and to get your head into that creative problem solving space. Mm. Then you get to work on a specific project based problem solving in a group, and so again that whole divergent thinking, sharing of information, coming up with ideas, no one owning the idea, everybody working together collaborative, collaboratively as a team. Then he, then he goes to really focus in and to get people thinking in their own specific talented areas, work on a, a specific project-based theme that's personal to the yeah. child. And if you think about it, again, you know, it's such simple science. Um, and there's also a, a time in there towards the end of the afternoon for small group discussion. So, again, that whole divergent thinking, whole different people putting ideas together to come up with solutions to other people's problems that they're having within their own projects. So it's excellent to come up with creativity and, and uh, interrelation, inter, interpersonal relationships, isn't it? That's right. And so they're, they're, communica- they're learning how to communicate. Yeah. They're learning how to accept other people's ideas. They're getting different perspectives. It sounds fantastic. And, and if you can find the solution on the internet, does it really matter whether you know, as long as you know that the solution is there? I mean, I was trying to do a maths problem with my son this morning and I really didn't, couldn't understand, but then I just Googled it and up came the answer. And I went, well, there's the but, answer. Yeah. <laughs> and if you know where to get available. the answer, does it matter? <laughs> yeah, well, and, and isn't that part of that creative problem solving? Just, Why reinvent the wheel? Exactly. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much, Christina. We'll have a chat with you again on innovation next week. Look forward to it, Julian. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina Sikiatis there with, uh, yeah, can we change our way of doing things? Not just in education, of course, but uh, particularly in our business. Time for a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips. As we said, the first one's going to be influence others even if you're not an expert. One of the most powerful forms of influence is authority, especially when it comes from your expertise. If you have 20 years of experience or you write a certain publication, you have an increased ability to influence others. But how do you influence people if you don't have these credentials? The first step is to borrow others' expertise. If you're a thoughtful curator of best ideas in your field, people will turn to you for guidance. Another technique is to find commonalities with your audience. Having something in common can create a powerful psychological bond. It's also important to be strategic with your persuasion. If you can't directly contact the person you're trying to influence... Try talking to someone else close to them instead. Finally, create original content. Choose a platform that makes sense for you, then share about the issues in your field to build your reputation. So that's some ideas to how to influence others. And of course, the internet, there's just so much many ideas out there these days that you could borrow from other people. And we've just been talking about uh, innovation in education, but what about helping your kids find a career they'll love? It's hard to advise your kids on how careers work today, let alone how to get a great job. We all want to set our kids up for self-sufficiency and meaning. So what's the best way to help them with their careers? Begin by telling them that early on they'll be valued more for their potential than their experience. They should try out as many kinds of jobs as possible to see what they're good at. 
Later in middle, middle to late 20s, they should figure out how they enjoy working in a small company, in a competitive environment, for long hours, but more pay. Help them think through the trade-offs they'll have to make and let them know that their career will likely follow a winding path. There's no right answer for what careers should look like and they don't have to worry about following in your footsteps. So a couple of interesting little bits of advice there. And thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to have a look at employment uh, trends in The Hunter with Craig McGregor. We'll also visit uh, innovation again with Christina Sikiotis. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting, prosperous week. And unfortunately, we lost Dr. Wayne Dwyer this week, a, a very motivational and inspirational speaker. And he once said, if you change the way you look at things, things you look at will change. <laughs>